0: Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot, score!
1: Jordan Everly set up
0: by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Terry Paranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins. On Oilers On Oilers Radio. 630 Shed.
1: Yakupov, checked by Scotty Upshaw, stays with it, high slot, and whistled it down low for Nugent Hopkins. He'll come out of the left corner from the half wall, surveys the interior.
2: Everly goes to the front of the net. Nugent Hopkins
1: shoots and scores. 5-2 Edmonton.
2: And the Oilers would go on to beat the St. Louis Blues 6-4, and the power play at long last coming to life. How about this? 4 Yes, that's right. Four goals with the man advantage for your Edmonton Oilers. They go four for six on the night. Now, don't forget, coming into this game, the Oilers with the man advantage had had one goal in their last 14 games. They are able to get it going tonight, and they are able to beat the St. Louis Blues, who get a rough ride in Alberta. Don't forget, two days ago, they were beaten 7-4 by the Calgary Flames. Reed Wilkins with you. Rob Brown's going to join us right away. We'll get to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan in about a minute or two. Terry Peranich, real estate team, overtime open line coming to you from the Cabela's broadcast center as the uh, Oilers win for only the second time in their last 10 home games. They dropped off quite a bit here at Rexall Place. They do get uh, their home ice record back to 500 for the season. Mark Letestu gets three points tonight, the second three-point game of his career. Leon Dreisaitl on the board. Taylor Hall had an even-strength goal. Nugent Hopkins scores twice, both on the power play. And, Rob, it was uh, a night where, look, in the past we've talked about not necessarily the power play losing games, but costing the Oilers chances to get a point or two out of a game. Well, tonight it allowed them to pull away in the second period, and those three in the second were really the key.
3: Well, this has been a sore spot for the Oilers for, for a long time now, and we've talked about it in the, on our show, and the media has really picked up on it as of late. The coaching staff has talked about the fact that it needs to be better, and, and it was tonight. And I believe it was Leon Draisaitl that you were talking to who said they simplified things, and we talked between periods. The biggest thing I noticed tonight is a net front presence and then shots at the net. And when the puck was getting on net, they had one or two guys there at all times. And that's how you score in power plays in the National Hockey League. Every once in a while, you're going to watch on one of the sports shows that night, and they show a pretty goal. But the majority of the goals are scored in the blue paint. You have the advantage because you have one man more than they do on the ice. So jam the front of the net. Throw pucks and bodies to the front of the net. Get a bounce. Get a rebound. Get a tip. Get something. And tonight they did that. And, and and they were rewarded for it. And I think that going forward, you're going to see more of that. That's why you have a, a Patrick Mar- Maroon standing in front of the net. That's why you have a Latestu out there. They're not out there for the skilled part of their game. They're out there for the willingness to take punishment in front of the net to create a diversion, to create a screen, to create traffic, and tonight the Oilers are rewarded with four power play goals because of it.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, and we will make uh, tonight's Home Ice Heroes courtesy of ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet, hard work, makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at ATB.com slash Home Ice. We'll just make everybody who played on the power play the Home Ice Hero this evening. 6-4, the Oilers beat the Blues. We want to hear from you. You can text six thirty six thirty. The phone number is 780 But first, comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things Diesel.
4: It's
5: the way it goes, though. We were getting drilled and quizzed about the power play, and you you get hot all of a sudden and it goes in the net. I thought the power play was, um, it it had an all-time high as far as urgency went, and it outworked the penalty kill. It was as simple as that. We weren't cute. We weren't fancy. We shot. We got the puck back. Scored on rebounds. Nothing fancy
1: about it. Zone entries also. It seemed that your D got to the top of your fours with speed.
5: Yeah, we, play, we practiced a lot yesterday um, on that aspect of it. And perhaps that helped us a little bit. You know, they're one of the top two penalty kills in the league. If you would have told me we were getting four and maybe five, I would have said you guys were in the lying room. But...
4: Other than the significant part of the third period, can you speak to the idea that the, uh, the, the three-center, three-line thing uh, seemed to result in you playing in there into the
5: uh, ice, drawing those penalties? Well, it's, we haven't drawn a lot of penalties this year. It's been one of our downfalls, and um, you know perhaps that's because of the imbalance with, with lines one and two and then three and four. I thought New had a hell of a game. You know, Nice to see him back playing. Like that, and feeling confident and getting rewarded. So we're trying the uh, the, the three-center monster, if you want to call it that, for a while. We want to see what we can do with it. We know we've got some other players that aren't in the lineup that can contribute. Benny Pouliot, in fact, would be an important guy. Uh, but we're trying it for now. We may go um, in the next so at some point in the next 10 where we maybe move Leon over and bump Nuge up because we've got to figure some things out and answer some questions as. Uh, as these next nine games um, go by. Can
4: you speak to the game that Connor had He could have like five points to
5: the- Connor? Is that who, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, he, uh, he was good. No, he was great. He was really dominant. He had the puck on a string, and that's not an easy team to play against. The, the way they defend and their size and their strength, but he was hitting the holes at the right time. He was getting the puck at the, at the right time. His speed was really effective. Uh, he stripped pucks, he got good body position. Um, he was very good tonight. He took the, the team and he said, follow me, and everybody did.
6: What about the ice time he's got in the last two games since
5: he's won? Connor, I don't know. What do we – if I would have kept him on the ice. Last two games. Well, that's okay. Good. Good for him. We've got to get it up to 50 sometimes when he plays like that. You know, that? it's – well, when he's, when he's playing that well, and one of the things that we tried to do a little bit tonight was match against their D. Um, you know, with maybe getting Connor out against their third pair, we were able to score, I think, once against that and try and keep their four defensemen that uh, that were playing or play regularly on the ice a lot and then catch them, but uh, not so much with the forwards. We were all over the map with forward matches, so uh, Connor would go and come off and go and come off, and then he'd get a long shift, so he was the pawn in, in that match, and um, I don't know if it helped us or not. Maybe it did.
1: Is that one of the more solid games you've seen from Reinhardt?
5: I think Griff's been pretty solid since he's been back. Um, and a couple things. One, he knows he's going to be in the lineup. And that's, that's important to a player. You feel a little more confident, and you look around, you don't see many defensemen there, and you know you're going to play. And when you know you're going to play, you feel a little more comfortable automatically. Even if you make a mistake, you've got to play again. And I think that helps Griff. I think he's played well since he's been back here. We see him being more aggressive, more assertive, making good outlet passes. I also think he has a real good partner right now. And uh, that partner is helping him out a lot. They're a good pair.
2: All right, that is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Six for the final tonight.
3: Rob, six goals. That means something, doesn't it?
2: Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on six thirty chet We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. You can print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village, three locations in our fine city, downtown, south side, and north side. W- what did he say? It'd be you got to find fifty minutes of ice time for Connor McDavid when he's going like that.
3: He must have a really good VO two.
2: <laughs> but he was uh, a couple of assists for McDavid tonight. Two breakaways, didn't score on either one. He had a chance all alone in front on one of the power plays where he was turned away by Jake Allen. Maybe Allen's best save of the night, great, all things considered. Great
3: play to Drysaddle from behind the net. The Drysaddle was shocked. Actually, Drysaddle got three shots on the same play. It was it was all over the place, Connor McDavid was. And there's nights where stars just they, they just feel it. It's right from warm-up. Their legs feel better than normal. Their hands feel better than normal. Uh, the bounces are going towards that for them. And that was one of those nights for Connor. And he easily could have had a four, five, six-point night in this game, especially the way that uh, Jake Allen was playing for the St. Louis Blues. But he, he did just enough to, to get his team over the hump. And uh, when this power play clicks like it is, it's usually going through a Connor McDavid or going through a Nugent Hopkins. And tonight both those players had outstanding hockey games. And the power play got to where it needs to be. In an effective, game-changing game uh, changing part of the game and that's what it hasn't been enough of this season tonight it was and the big reason the the Edmonton Oilers were able to beat St. Louis.
2: So the Oilers win at 6-4. McDavid named the third star of the game David Backus with a couple of goals for the Blues is the second star. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with two power play goals. The first star. The fourth star of the game is courtesy of Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com.
3: I thought number 82, Jordan Orsdale, had an unbelievable game tonight. Played almost 23 minutes. Had two assists. Was plus two. Uh, the The confidence the coaching staff has in him. The confidence that he has gained in his little while since he's been up here. Uh, He's he's making leaps and bounds. He is a smart hockey player that makes the right decisions 95% of the time, and tonight he was outstanding. In a game that you would wonder about a smaller, slight defenseman playing against the big, bad St. Louis Blues, he had a great game, and he, to me, was one of the best players on the ice tonight.
2: I'm going to, when they win and score six, we can give two fourth stars. I'm going to give one to Mark Lateste, who oh, got
3: three points. Oh, my. Why? Where did he play junior hockey? Bonneville Pontiac's oh, 2006 my HHL
2: MVP. Three points tonight. Second three-point game of his career. What? Wow. What, a, what a nice little chip on that empty yeah, net. It,
3: it was a nice play. Well, first of all, uh, props to to Hendricks. He's got a wide open net, and he would have hit the net if he wanted to. Instead, he sends it sends his buddy in on a breakaway or a partial breakaway because Peter Angel came flying across. But and seriously, your guy, your latestu You said that was his second three-point game in his career. Yes, has two goals, assists in his career. And he doesn't get called up for a start. Like, what does he have to do to get a star in a game? Get four points, yeah, exactly. I guess. Get a hat trick.
2: Oilers win six four. You're gonna hear from Ken Hitchcock in a couple of minutes, but we have Daryl on the line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Daryl, thanks for calling.
7: Hey, how are you guys doing? Very well. That's good. I didn't get a chance
2: to catch the game. I heard a little bit of it on the radio, but
7: uh, I'm kind of happy with the position that the Oilers are in. Not based on the standings, but you know, moving forward with what they have. Uh, in terms of a blueprint and I don't know what um, the, the future is going to hold for guys like Cassian or Maroon and what Shirelli's look, expectations are but um, one one question I had for you about the goaltending and the other I just kind of had hypothetical but um, given the situation they're in right now with Cam Talbot and having obviously Anders Nielsen traded away what do they look for in terms of backup next year? I'm assuming they're going to send uh, LB down uh, back to uh, Bakersfield but what do they look for next year?
2: I don't assume that at all. He's on a one-way contract now. You, you can't still send him down. But Shirelli said he's come a long way towards being yeah. the number two guy. I I mean I think they'll bring someone in for competition. But I would not assume that he won't be the backup. I,
3: I think that their thought process before the last two games was that LB was going to be their backup goaltender next year. Now he's had okay. a he had a, a poor game. Was it Columbus, I believe? And then last game. You know, two goals he probably should have had uh, against uh, Nashville, but I think, on all intents, they got a number one in Talbot, and they believe the LB will be their backup next year. Having said but that,
7: but do you do you think with him that he he actually needs another year of conditioning and seasoning down in the HL, or do you think he's ready to be that backup?
3: I think
2: ideally he would get another year of, of seasoning. I just don't know if there's a, a backup that's readily available. Yeah, that is. Better than Well. I mean, I, I look. Anders Nilsson played really well till about December 11th. I mean, he won yeah. that game over the Rangers, but he wasn't that good. And then he just did virtually nothing after that. So Brosseau. And I was think moving
7: forward, I think with Talbot moving forward, I mean, he's only going to get better. And as our decor gets better, so I think will the performance and the and the response from Talbot. So, I mean, we may be able to offer. LB will be another year of seasoning in the AHL. I just wonder who they'd bring in. And then my other question was, uh, David Backus has always been that player that I love to hate. I mean, he's he's a great hockey player. He's always, uh, he's fun to watch, but I hate when he plays the Oilers because he's always been really physical with them in the past historically. But, you know, on the open market, when he becomes a UFA at the end of the year, what do you think a player like him fetches? And do you think it would be, uh, you know, he's a player that Shirelli would go after?
3: Well, I think he's a player that, a lot of teams would want in their in their lineup. I mean, you talked about it. He's a guy you hate, and the reason you hate him because he's so effective against your home team. He's everything that all teams want. He can, he can score. He, yep. he he's physical. He plays with a nasty size side. He, he's obviously got some leadership abilities. He, he's been a leader here in St. Louis for years. The problem for a team like Edmonton signing him one Bacchus likes playing center. They have too many centers. And two, I think Backus at his uh, this part of his career will be looking to go for to a team that is going to compete for the Stanley Cup if st yeah. Louis doesn't get it this year then he'll be looking for another team that's going to give him the same opportunity and I don't think Edmonton would be on the top of team's list if they were putting on a team that is close to winning a Stanley Cup so yeah back well, is I
7: don't, I don't think they're going to keep the centers they have for next year I think he would be a very viable option for them and I think you know two to three years they're looking at a playoff picture that you know, um, looks pretty promising in comparison to some of the other teams when it comes to the talent that we have. Yeah, but three, yeah.
3: three years from now, that might be too late for backers. And I don't I don't say say that is a, a for sure that they will not have these three centermen back here next year. I, I yeah. mean, the fact that they're going to start talking, well, you heard um, Tom McClellan after the game, you know, we're going to move probably dry settle to the wing, get Nugent Hopkins to see what we have. Right there is an audition to see what they can do next year, and that's why they're doing it here in the last few games. I, I would not be shocked or surprised if all three centermen were here at the beginning of next season. <laughs> Darryl, thanks
2: for, the, th- yeah, thanks for calling Darryl Sorby we got to get the Blues head coach Ken Hitchcock here. The Blues beaten 6-4 by the Oilers. Hitchcock, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group, Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Fixed two
4: main penalties Are you disappointed by that? Uh, well, I think the penalties are just a, a reflection of everything. Everything we're doing is uncharacteristic, undisciplined. With our play and the style of penalties we're taking we're just we're digging ourselves a hole with our undisciplined play and our undisciplined penalties and then trying to dig out of it it's it's a hard way when you're playing with this type of looseness it's a hard way to win hockey games you you might win a few of them but i mean we're scoring four goals a game and losing it's not a good recipe and i think everybody in that room knows it it's kind of what we're doing to each other right now that is a little bit uncomfortable we're we're, we're having to mount comebacks and waste a lot of energy to come back in hockey games that that really, if we play the right way, we'll be in full control. of. Not having two games to look at, any reason why the games changed since Dallas? Yeah, I think we're looking at the opponent. That's the problem. We're looking at the opponent and not looking at ourselves, and that's what we got to change. That's the number one thing. It's about us at this time of year. It's not the opponent, and we're and we've been really guilty of that, and that's unfortunate.
2: And that's it from Ken Hitchcock. Scott Johnson working the Blues dressing room tonight. Oilers win at 6-4. We have Doug on the line, who's going to finish the play tonight. So he already has 50 bucks to Hut Express. Doug, though, before we do the contest, what's on your mind, man?
8: Well, actually, you guys kind of stole my thunder a little bit talking about going to next season with the sentiment and whatnot. But uh, talking about that, was there – I don't know if it was a bar rumor or somebody was suggesting that early in the year uh, – the owners were looking at or uh, asking about Seth Jones for Nooch and Hopkins. Is that? Do you know if that was kind of out there, or was it just talked about, or does anybody really know that? Well,
2: it, it was a rumor. I don't think the trade was ever close to be to being made.
8: Okay, but I, I guess what I'm, the point I'm getting at is. There was talk about moving the Nuge for something, uh, you know, whether it be another defenseman, and going into next year, like you guys mentioned, I'll be surprised if all three centermen are here unless you just can't make that deal. So if that happens, uh, geez, how do we look going into next year with three offensive centermen? Is that is that doable, or what do you guys
3: think? Well, the the Pittsburgh Penguins won a Stanley Cup with Crosby, Malkin, and Stahl, three centermen. Right. And it lasted, lasted a couple of years. I mean, right. the, the thing is, a dry sidle can be a very effective winger as well. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That, I, I don't think, personally, that if all three are here next year, that they're going to go line one, line two, line three, because the Oilers will not have enough wingers to complement the skill they have in the middle.
8: Exactly, but at the same token, I don't mind keeping all three just because the fact you, you know you're going to get an injury somewhere at some time, right? Uh, Chicago, they've got other guys that are playing wing that can also play center, so good example right there. Of, uh, uh, it doesn't it doesn't hurt to have a little bit more in the cupboard, so to speak.
3: Well, no, I I mean I, I think that where the Oilers have been the last number of years and where they are this year, that I don't think anyone outside of economic McDavid is really safe if the oh, right, no, you're if right. the right deal comes along. But I do believe that uh, – I, I just personally think that all three centers, I, I could see them coming back next year, and one of them just moving to the wing, and that, that one would probably be Dreisaitl, who I think is very effective on the wing as well, as down the middle.
2: All right, Doug, we've uh, got to finish the play with you here. You've already got the Panda Hut Express – Gift certificate for fifty bucks. If you're right here, you qualify for the grand prize draw—a thousand bucks to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, Stony Plain.
1: Hammered in by Latessa, rattles around the glass, and Magnus Pjarv tried to steer it out. Osterley shot it right to the pads, in it back in. A rebound.
2: All right, goal or no goal? It was a little scratchy,
8: but I think that that was a goal.
1: Hammered in by Letestu. Rattles around the glass, and Magnus Piarbi tried to steer it out. Osterley shot it right to the pads. Puckering it back in. A rebound score! Taylor Hall!
2: Ooh, not a power play goal. Good one, Matthew Panaschek, and good one, Doug, figuring that out. That was the one that made it 2-0. Oilers, they go on to beat the Blues 6-4. Plenty more to come. You're going to hear from Mark Letestu and Connor McDavid. Oilers... Back in the wind column on home ice. Terry Paranish overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranish team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
1: Osterley comes off, replaced by Sekra at the point. He takes a pass from McDavid and shoots, deflected once, save, rebound, score. Mark Latestu is off the side. His first goal in 25 games regains the lead for Edmonton. It's 3-2 Oilers with their second power play goal of their night.
2: They would go on to score four. With the man advantage, and the Oilers knock off the St. Louis Blues 6-4. Back into the room for GCL Diesel for all things Diesel, and here is Mark Letestu.
9: Two-on-one shorthanded, they had a dive there. Yeah, it was uh, a, little great, a little more dive. tense than we needed it to be. I think, uh, obviously, the major penalty there—you don't want to, you want to limit the opportunities, but uh, you know, obviously, they're pressing, they're cheating for it, so. Uh, <laughs> More opportunities. We gave more opportunities than we would have wished, but uh, it's nice to finally hold on to one, uh, seal one up here at home. On the two-on-one with five minutes, were you thinking of oh, Christy? Get a dive there to get a piece of it with your stick? No, I, I didn't get anything. Cam made a great save. I was just trying to take away the passing lane. If, if anything got through our D man, uh, just trying to be there for it. But uh, you know, get an opportunity we wish we wouldn't have given up. And you scored in the, Well, you scored. Uh, yeah. No, it's nice to get two. <laughs> Brings the the average up over the the last few games. So it's nice, uh, especially under the circumstances of that power play goal, uh, you know, and the empty netter to kind of put it away. Uh, You know, Maddie makes a pretty unselfish play there to pull up and pass. So uh, it's always nice to help out and get a few goals for the guys. So, what happened on the power play tonight that didn't happen over the last 20 games? Puck went in. (laughs) No, in particular, our our net play was was really good. I thought, uh, you know, pucks were getting to the goalie and we were getting those second and third opportunities. Uh, and I think a lot of that set up the the plays that came after, you know, the tip with Leon and, and some other things. So uh, I think getting the puck through the net was, was the biggest thing and then winning some battles around there for some goals. And when you get one wiped out of a power playing just or a few
10: seconds later, you're probably thinking, that's tonight's our night. Maybe.
9: Yeah, well, and the way it's gone, uh, we were due for one of these. And, uh, you know, maybe some some justice there for Leon to have one taken away to go right back out and get one. Uh, For him, I'm sure it feels pretty good. But yeah, the power play got rolling tonight. Uh, Hopefully, it'll change the percentage numbers a little bit. What did it take just to hang on in the end there? Because I know you guys expected a big push from the Blues, and they did. They did have a bit of a push there. Yeah, they they certainly pushed. Uh, You know, they they came hard. uh, Exactly what we expected. Uh, You know, getting that power play goal early for them too. Something we really didn't want to allow, but it gave them life right away. Gave them hope. Uh, You know, a communication breakdown the second one, but. You know, credit to the guys that, you know, strapped it on and, and really dug in and, and held the fort and, you know, finally got a win here at home. Uh, it seems like it's been a while. Reid, that's Mark Test, too.
2: Thank you, Brendan Ulrich, work in the Oilers' room. Edmonton wins 6-4 over St. Louis. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. We'll go back to the phone lines, and we have JP standing by. Hello, JP. Do we have JP standing by? Apparently, we don't. All right. Well, we'll move along then, and we'll bring in Scott. Scott, do we have you there?
11: Yeah, you bet. I'm here, guys. Uh, great job on the show. You guys should get a raise, I tell you. Nice <laughs> hey, listen, I got a few comments about that game again tonight. One thing, first of all, the Blues defensive game. I'm really impressed by the way they play the defensive game, particularly on the power play on the four-on-four. You really see how the defensemen move back to the blue line and create time and space. And they're not scared to play on the blue line. You saw the defenseman even backing up over top of the blue line. And their forwards come up and create time and space really up top. And their forwards really move the puck really well up top. And then they strike down low. It's really impressive. That's a testament to the coaching, I think. I really watched that and noticed that. The first time I've seen the Blues play, it's it's really impressive.
3: You know what, it's a Uh, testament to the coaching, but it's also, I mean, you've got some Olympians back there that are capable of doing that. Not every team is able to do that because they don't have the talent, but when you have a Shattenkirk, a Bo Meester, a Angelo, you're able to take more chances and do more things because they're capable of doing it, whereas a lot of teams don't have that kind of stable of defensemen at the back end
11: and I would agree with you totally, but it's something they work on and it's something that they can do. It, it's just, it was really impressive. My second comment is, and then my question will come, Nugent Hopkins had a great game. Um, there's been questions about Nugent Hopkins along the way for sure, you know. but he's an impressive player. You've got to remember he's played against some of the best uh, centermen throughout the league for a lot of years. I mean, Hall of Famers. I like what he did today. Where do you see him going next year? and ongoing. Impressive player. He's going to mature. He's going to be really something.
3: I personally see him as being the Oilers' number two center next year. I, I think that McDavid will be number one. I think Nugent Hopkins will be number two, and Leon Dryside will be playing a wing on one of the two lines, and I think they'll have all three of them back next year. That's just what I think. Um, but obviously, this summer, something's going to happen when the team finishes in 27, 28, 29, 30, wherever they finish. So, But personally, I think Nugent Hopkins will be back here next year as the number two center. And you're right. Nugent Hopkins has played. He's been the number one center here for the last couple of years, and he only has gone against the other team's best centermen and the other team's best defensemen. Yeah, well, that's and, be Connor McDavid and remember,
11: now. those best centermen are Hall of Fame.
3: Sir, yeah, and right? now I that'll mean, be Conor
11: McDavid. I mean, they're team. unbelievable players. Yep. It's impressive, right? He's going to grow. I'd like to see him back next year. Thanks,
2: guys. Thanks, Scott. We appreciate you calling, and I believe we do have JP back on the line as the Oilers beat the Blues 6-4. JP, do we have you this time?
12: Well, I am um, sorry, my God. my phone. I hit the mute button. A couple too many charades tonight during the uh, celebration of a great win tonight, but I missed up. I apologize. It's great to hear from you guys. I uh, just want to quickly uh, say tonight there is no way we trade the new I, come on there is a few moments tonight and i'm gonna take a bit of slack tonight for this comment but uh, i get confused sometimes with mcdavid and uh, the news on the ice I know it might be 9 but they both they both move the agility of these two guys the way they move back and forth I love this the news is, is here to stay any fan any blogger out there going, yeah hey, hey, yeah get a nice uh, get a nice phone. Stop typing, I'm tired of reading your garbage. There's no point to write this. There's no point. Rob, you know. It. You, can't find these, you cannot find these guys. I mean this is a this is a class class A two way player who can snipe. You do not get rid of this guy. He's great with the boss. I mean when you are when you are thinking about the news you start thinking, oh Dantzus, oh he's just an average player. Oh yeah, compare me to Tassus, please. But I want to say right now. The Hall tonight. The Hall tonight. If this guy would play like this every single night, again, going back to the blogger in the MSN, there would be no plunking of keyboards if Hall played like this every night. This guy was flying tonight. I loved it. It was a great game by the Hall. I have to say this. I'm tired of everyone on this guy's team, and I'm tired of everyone going, oh, we got to trade news." Never get rid of a guy like this. Are you crazy? Anyway, read, drop. Love it. You
2: guys have a great night. I'm going to buy a nice bottle of rye right now. Okay. All right, JP. Hope you're not driving, though. Oilers uh, win 6-4 over the St. Louis Blues. Rob, the record for most power play goals by the Oilers in one game is five. They did that five times, 1980, 1987, and then in March of 88, and then twice in November of '88, so that would have been after the Gretzky trade, right? They still had
3: some pretty good players. Still back had some then pretty too, good yeah. players. Uh,
2: the record power play goals against the Oilers once allowed six against them in the game, February twelfth, nineteen eighty four. For those old enough to remember, an infamous day in Oilers history, they lost eleven nothing to the Hartford Whalers.
3: Well, some great players have gone through Hartford too, so I can understand how that would have happened. I, I was a former whaler.
2: Well, and Ron hey, Francis had yeah, two power play was, goals. He might edge just slightly edge you out as one of the best whalers of all time. Really?
3: What he ever win? Hey, did you watch? <laughs> I've watched him. There's highlights right now. Of the Vancouver Canuck game. There's what's Tremacken? Trymacken. is a, a rookie. First ever game today. First shift, but he uh, they he went out first. They let him go on first oh, onto the it was. ice. And all the players stood off, so he's out there, did a full lap, didn't realize he was the only guy on the ice. I can't believe kids still fall for that. We used to do that 20, 30 years ago, and he still fell they for They still
2: it. do it. I've seen a few teams do it this year. The Oilers beat the St. Louis Blues 6-4 tonight, ending an eight-game winless skid against the Blues. They've been 0-7-1 and ending a six-game home losing streak against the Blues. More post-game reaction, including Connor McDavid, Terry Peranich, real estate team. Overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chab.
1: ...before Bomeister tries to center for Tarasenko. That was broken up. Forced back behind the net, centering pass, and what a stop made by Talbot
2: on a wide-open Yori Laterra. Jack Michaels with your call of the save of the game for Armor Insurance. Working today to protect your tomorrow, Cam Talbot gets the win. He makes 24 saves. The final shots tonight, by the way, were 28-27 in uh, favor of the St. Louis Blues. We've seen Talbot be a key part of Oilers' victories, especially recently, Rob. I mean, he didn't have to be spectacular tonight. It's not a lot you, you allow for and, and still get the win. So, I mean, but it's, I'm glad the teammates got him the goals tonight. And bottom line is he was still the better of the two goalies.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, the bar was very low in St. Louis' <laughs> end. Although, uh, in, 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 there's times where you have to make a save. And tonight he did, uh, I think it was Latera. With about Just before they got the five-minute major, when it was a one-goal lead, there was a puck that came out same side, and he came across and made a great save on Leterra that kept the the lead and allowed the Oilers to get eventually the power play. Were they able to salt the game off because St. Louis was short for the remainder of it? But he did make a couple big saves when he had to. He wasn't great tonight, but he was good enough, and yes, he was better than the St. Louis goalies, Jake Allen. One guy who beat... Talbot twice. David Backus,
2: here he is, courtesy Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
8: David, you guys usually have a really solid penalty kill, I like
3: guess, today. Just kind of let you guys down.
13: Yeah, and uh, you know, their power play was struggling, and we let them breathe a little bit, and then they got to display all their skill with uh, you know, five that they put in, one disallowed. But uh, that's, that's not us when we take penalties that we need to take because we're denying scoring chances or in desperation. Uh, we normally pick each other up and kill those off today. We took penalties that were less than disciplined, and uh, they made us play time and time again and you know we, we do a decent job of playing a, a third period the right way, playing on on our toes, get a power play goal to start, and then uh, find you know a one goal game in the last seven, eight minutes, and had a few chances just uh, you know, dug ourselves too big of a hole today.
12: It just seemed
11: look like, they looked like they were doing just it was a simplistic power play They're throwing our pucks on net and, and getting rebounds.
13: There's there's no secret to uh, scoring goals on the power play. They'd shoot the puck, get some bodies around the net, and uh, we're talking on the bench. It seemed like every time they got a shot through, it was a fortuitous bounce to somebody with an empty cage, and they were burying it. And uh, we had to get in more shot lanes, not let them set up in the zone. I think on the major penalty, we did a that was back to our power play, and you know that's maybe a good sign going forward, but. Uh, you know we needed to reset after the first one goes in and, and not wait for four of them to go in that's just too big of a hole to, to dig out of am my saying that you guys did get two quick goals in the third period it looked like you guys had the momentum and improved pretty yeah you make it a one goal game uh, after the first 40 minutes we played you, you say okay let's uh, you know we've got the momentum and, and let's keep playing our game and the dam will break but uh, you know we we again don't don't capitalize on a couple chances, their goalie makes some good saves, and uh, then we, we got to kill, you know, five of the last six minutes, which is tough, you know, you still we did a good, good job, got the kill, and you're going to have one minute, six on five, just uh, you know, they get they get it out get it in the empty net, and uh, that's all she wrote
4: Any concerns that this comes on the heels of what happened in Calgary?
13: Well, they're both, uh, you know, we're playing teams that are really nothing to lose, that are playing free, and, and you know, you got some guys that are Dying to earn a spot for next year, so other guys that are you know free will and playing loose and we just we refuse to play our game the right way for sixty minutes and we play loose and, and try to play that end to end game you know they 've got, they've got so much skill on their top end that uh, we just can 't do that, and then we 're taking penalties and the result is, uh, you know, four points. We don't get against teams that, you know, with great efforts. I think we'll we should secure two points after, you know, really beating four of the best teams in the in the conference before that. So, uh, kind of a reality check here that there's no there's no gimmies at all. There's no easy games, and we got to bring our A game no matter who we're playing and lay it out there and see what happens. And tonight we didn't do that. Thanks for this.
2: Scott Johnson working the Blues dressing room. That is David Backus. Two goals tonight, but not enough. The Oilers knock off the Blues 6-4. You can also text us at 6-30, Mick says the Oilers <laughs> played a solid game tonight. Good pressure in the offensive zone. Solid goaltending. McDavid created chances with his speed. His speed is one of the greatest factors of his game. The five-minute major was pretty weak, though. The Oilers didn't play that great during it, and it was hard to watch. Letestu had a clutch game. Welcome back, Nuge. That is from McLovin.
3: <laughs> I couldn't stop giggling on that handle. McLovin. You know, it, the five, we talked with Bob after the game upstairs about the five-minute major. It, it, it's tough because you know you've got the lead. You don't, you, need, you don't need another goal. The five-minute major more or less takes you to the end of the game. So you're a little hesitant on the power play because you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to have a bad bounce. You don't want to get a shot blocked. So you're not as aggressive. And I think that's what you saw in the last five minutes. I know another goal would have salted the game away, but you're just always in the back of your mind. I don't want to turn this puck over and force something. And it showed as they were a little hesitant on the last five minutes. So I take I throw that one out and just look at the rest of their power plays, which were outstanding tonight.
2: And that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. They moved the puck more quickly on the power play. They even took a couple of one-timers. They got pucks through from the outside and they had net presence and that added up to the four goals.
3: Well, they, they simplified it. They got back to just a basic power play. Get the puck to uh, the middle of the sides and get pucks on net with a guy in front. Look for tips. And and tonight we saw a little razzle-dazzle, a little uh, sedine type goal. Is, uh Connor McDavid got it on the sideboards, and he the high tip from Leon Draisaitl in the slot, we see the Sedins do that all the time, and tonight they found success with that. And if you're can, if you if you're throwing pucks on net and you've got net presence, you can try things like that, and they did with success. So it, it was a good night. A lot of players that needed some offense got offense tonight.
2: 6-4, the Oilers win it over the Blues. We have Connor McDavid's postgame reaction up next. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Ferranish Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chad. Sacra wants, fires and a save made by Allen as the rebound hopped over the crossbar. McDavid with 35 seconds on the NMax power play. Sock pass, one-timer score! A beautiful redirection, and Dreisaitl's got a power play goal after all. It's 4-2, Edmonton. Drysidle in his 100th NHL game picks up his 18th of the year.
2: All right, and the Oilers would go on to beat the Blues 6-4. Four goals on the power play. That goal coming 37 seconds after Dreisaitl had fought. He had scored. They wound it back, reviewed it, and... Taylor Hall was offside, so they go back on the power play and wound up scoring anyway.
3: You know what I, I liked about that coach's challenge? It took 10 seconds. And, I, I mean, every challenge should be like that. It, you see the video? Oh, yeah, it, it was offside. Let's call it back. I mean, it was the right call. Um, I, it, I think that that was one right when it happened. I think the St. Louis Blues are in the back there. Okay, that looked offside because it did look offside from the beginning. Whether or not it was going to be or not, it looked it. So they had that in the back of their mind. But it was a it was a tough break, and it always sucks. When, I mean, you, you score a goal, you're excited. It's hard to score in the National Hockey League. You get a goal, now there's, you're down because you didn't. To be able to go back out there and all of a sudden get it again, good on Leon. Uh, I, Leon had a tough night tonight. It was one of those ones where every bounce went against him. He takes two penalties early in the hockey game, both on... Uh, things that don't always get called it seems like every time he steps on the ice the other team scores but he comes through and gets an important goal at the time for the Edmonton Oilers so a tough night that uh was a little lessened by uh the two goals the one that counted
2: this texter says it seems like Dreisaitl had a great start to the season but he hasn't shown any kind of consistency maybe there's a reason he was sent back to the minors for the start of the season Maybe his value would be good enough to warrant keeping Nuge and still get a solid return. I question Drysettle's drive. That's a Texas 636. Yeah,
3: I, I don't question Drysettle's drive at all. And the fact that he's big and strong, uh, that's why you want him on your team. Uh, if, if he's going to be slotted as your number two center, now you've got a big, strong center. Uh, yeah, his, he wasn't going to have the same season that he had at the start of the year. He was, He was on pace with Patrick Kane. And this is his first full season in the National Hockey League. He is going to be a very good hockey player for a long long time and it's hopefully will be with the Edmonton Oilers.
2: Oilers win 6-4 over the Blues. Connor McDavid I think will be a very good hockey player for a long long time. Two assists tonight. He has 38 points in 36 games and he's standing by in the Oilers room.
6: really on my mind. Um, You know it's something that uh, I definitely don't expect. Um, I'm just trying to play the best hockey that I can and you know, if uh, if it happens, it happens. If not, you um, know, it's not expected anyway. So um, it would obviously be a, a great accomplishment and it'll uh, be something to feel proud about. But um, I'm just looking to, to play my game, play within the system and, you know, have a big finish with the Oilers. How about the,
8: uh, this
7: three-center thing it seemed to work pretty well? But...
6: Yeah, I think uh, it presents a challenge for, for their team on, on what they want to match up against. Um, you, know, the, you know, we have three good lines right now and... Um, you know, tonight was a good example of what uh, what could happen when um, everyone's playing well. So, that um, no, was good to see.
5: Connor, was that about as good as you've seen this power play, play all season long? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure it was. You
6: um, know, I think uh, we've been getting our chances, like I kept saying, but um, no, it's good to finally see them go in and. Um, no. <laughs> Just
1: how
11: differently,
6: did you guys play the blues as opposed to you know in October when it was really early in the year? Yeah, I think uh, our team has a, a certain confidence. You um, know that we definitely didn't have at the beginning of the year. Um, you know everyone was uh, aware of, of the team they had, and um, you know we didn't really know what what to expect out of ourselves, and now we do, and, and we have uh, a good expectation. And you can kind of see how far you know the the whole thing has come since uh, since game one.
13: On scores in the power play, it's called back. It goes up and gets another one. What uh, have you seen that before? Yeah. funny way to get him the goal back, I
6: guess? Yeah, it was uh, pretty funny. I think uh, everyone was really happy for him. I know I've been on uh, the other side of, of uh, having a goal called back or, or something like that. It's not very fun. So um, I know everyone was uh, was very happy for him.
8: When, you, when you're in the game, you've been in a streak where I think you guys have had four power play goals. And 53 chances right, over 20 and then tonight you got four and six, or almost five and six. Right? I mean, is it just an, is it just kind of an oddity where the odds start? I think it was
6: bound to happen, to be honest. Um yeah. you, know, uh, you know, we were moving the puck around pretty good there the last couple of games, and you know, probably should have been re- rewarded for some of our efforts. But um, you know, I think uh, tonight, you know, should we have gotten four, maybe, maybe not. But um, you know, that's just kind of how the the hockey gods work, I guess. Reed, that's Connor McDavid.
2: Thank you. Brendan McDavid, two assists. The Oilers, four power play goals. 6-4 win over the St. Louis Blues. Edmonton, 28-38-7 on the season. 5-13-2 against the Central Division. They have struggled against that division all year. They've beaten the Jets twice. The Stars, Wild, and Blues once each.
3: Well, it's, it's a tough division, and the Oilers, a uh, team that's been on the bottom of the standings, they 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 feast on the East and they struggle out west. If they want to be a successful franchise, if they want to be a playoff-bound franchise, they've got to learn to win in the West and. Uh, Tonight it's just one game, but it's a game in the right direction. You can text us at
2: 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Martin says Laurent Brassois has already seen the American Hockey League. I think he'd benefit from seeing elite players at practice every day more than going back next season. We had a caller ask about that earlier.
3: Well, the one thing that... The other, last game, he let in two goals from James Neal. Both beat from fairly long range, probably once well, he should have. the second one
2: especially should yeah. not go in.
3: Well, neither should the first. Yeah. There's two goals that shouldn't have gone and The breakaway is fine. Yes. But that's the one problem with when he's playing in the American Hockey League. Like he doesn't play against guys that can shoot the puck like James Neal. Because if you're a, fa- a fan of Nashville, you're thinking, well, those are just great shots. I mean, fantastic shots by Neal. And they were. Uh, so the, the fact that – and there's a great text by that uh, texter there – LB practicing on a consistent basis is going to see those kind of shots from a McDavid, from a Hall, over and over again because you don't see those in the American Hockey League. It is a, it is a big step down. So uh, the goals that he let in against Nashville the other night, maybe after a full year of playing up in the National League, practicing with this type of players, then he won't be surprised at the speed and the velocity of some of these players and how f- hard they can shoot.
2: Derek texting in, Osterley is being successful because he's doing the same things that Brandon Davidson did. I feel like I'm watching a Davidson clone out there. That's from Derek.
3: Well, you know, it's, it's, they, they went the same route. They got their uh, some good time down in the minors, learned their trade down there. So when they came up here, they were confident. They weren't thrust into anything uh also just he's smart he just does smart things with the puck he moves it in the right places he doesn't put himself into trouble if he senses trouble he gets the puck out of harm's way uh and he, he can skate himself out of trouble when he, when he finds it i've loved everything he's done so far now i don't know where he is on the depth chart if this is a playoff caliber team but right now he's making the general manager and the coach take notice of his capabilities, and obviously the coach is trusting in him as he, tonight, second on the team in in minutes played with 23 almost, and each game, it seems like the end of the game in important situations, he's the guy that Todd McClellan throws out on the ice.
2: He had two assists tonight. McDavid, Osterley, Maroon, and Yakupov all had two helpers this evening. Nugent Hopkins, two goals. Letestu, two goals and an assist. You know, I was worried about Osterley Rob, because I thought, okay, he's not a huge guy. And the Blues are can just get in there and 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 bang and 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 wear you down. Now he was helped obviously because the Blues weren't good in their own end, so the Oilers were able to forecheck and and do a lot more of that than usual. But I even noticed about Oshley a couple times when he it looked like he might get beat. And as you know, every defenseman every game, no matter how good you are, is going to have a moment of panic where it's like, oh, this guy's got half a step on me, or oh, oh, the puck's by me now. What do I do? But his, I liked his recovery, and it's, and a lot of it to me was the, was the old thing you're taught when you're first learning to body check as a, as a kid, play the man, not the puck. He would get himself back into a position where he'd be in the way, and it wasn't about delivering a big check or trying to drill your shoulder into a guy and knock him into the, into the fourth row. It was just quickly getting back into that right spot, worrying about getting in the man's way, and and then see if you can take the puck away. And a couple of times he was able to do that against bigger opponents, a little bit of a rub-out or body position, and then take the puck away.
3: Well, Jordan Osterlee knows, he, he's played with this size for uh, for a number of years, and he's known that, okay, if I'm going to be a defenseman, I, I've i got to be able to separate the player from the puck, and I'm not going to be able to do it uh, in a physical way because I'm not going to knock guys over. It's like a, uh, down the street, Johnny Goudreau. He knows that, he can't go in the corner and beat a guy physically, so he's got to be smarter than that guy. Well, that's what Osterly's doing. He's being smarter than the guy that's coming down on him. Okay, I'm going to get body position. I'm going to place my body in a, in a, in a spot where he's got to come through me to be able to get to the net. I'm going to use my stick. He's very, very good with the stick Jordan is. He gets stick on puck. He forces the guy carrying the puck to alter his course because the puck is now coming right into Jordan's stick. So Jordan pushes the stick out, and also that guy's got to now move into a different direction, probably one he didn't want to go into. Uh, he uses his partner well. He's also a guy that you like as a partner because he gets himself open. So once you get into trouble, he's ready for the pass over, and now he can get you out of harm's way. Um, he's done a lot of good things. And I think he's another, like Brandon Davidson, another surprise for the Oilers. They thought, okay, this guy, you know, we'll see. Maybe he'll be a depth player. But now you're seeing, oh, actually, whoa, he's more than just depth. He's a guy that we can put in the lineup and play important minutes and feel comfortable with.
2: Oilers win 6-4 over the Blues. We have Brent on the open line. Brent, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Brent. Yeah, hey,
11: I was just wondering... Uh... I've been watching a lot of, well, I only get to watch so many games, the rest I listen to on the radio. And uh, I love listening to you guys after the game and kind of pissing my wife off a little bit, but that's kind of the way it goes. But uh, I was just thinking uh, Leon Dreisettel, he's a really good player. He showed flashes early on. But uh, does it seem to you like he's got that, uh, almost like, he's almost like a Russian? where when he wants to show up, that he, he plays a good game, and when he's not really driven, that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't give it
3: 110%. No, I, I don't see that. I think that there's a number of players that have had up-and-down games this season. I don't think you can look at anyone in the Oilers' lineup and say, all right, he's been consistent all year long. I mean, when a team's in 29th place, you're going to have a lot of inconsistencies. I think he's a kid that's going through his first full season in the NHL, I think success came early to him this season, and maybe the expectations were a lot higher. I mean, coming into, I know he had a minus three night tonight. Coming into the to the game tonight, he was leading the team in plus minus. He had a, uh, what is he second on the team in points. I mean, these are things that weren't expected out of him. So he, uh, he is he as good as he was at the beginning of the year? No, but he wasn't going to be because he was playing above himself then. He's going to be a solid top four player on this team for a number of years he he's a big body he he, not always going to be flashy but if you if you just sit and watch just the the things he does with his stick how he passes the puck how he makes puts other guys in a position where they can score goals uh he probably could add another two or three points in it if things got finished for him tonight from from his teammates he's a he's a very good hockey player and i believe he's a keeper Brent,
2: thanks a lot for calling. 780 496 0063 The Oilers beat St. Louis. That means a $300 donation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630CHED.com. Hey, Chris from Phoenix is on the line, Rob. Nice, Ali, like Chris from Phoenix.
14: I feel special. I should, like I said, I should have my own dedicated line for some reason. You know, <laughs> nice. you guys, you and Rob talk about how uh, you know uh, one of you guys—if uh, they made a movie, you know—I'll—I'll I'll, uh, I'll be that uh, Zach Galifianakis guy calling it or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> uh, great, great win tonight. Uh, I, I hope that some of the the people, uh, the the sports writers in town, that uh, wanna uh, trade away Nuge and move away Nuge, uh, cough, uh, spec. Uh, kind of watch tonight's game and realize what depth what depth does for a team uh, when you have like Letestu playing on the fourth line where he's supposed to play and he's not, uh, you know, playing a, a couple of spots up in the lineup and we're going to see that uh, throughout the, uh, on this team when we actually improve, we're going to see players that uh, are going to be slotted where they're supposed to be like Sekera, uh, you know, maybe even Fane if he's still here because we're we're expecting a lot from these players. Um, some of them are playing, you know, a line line or two up. And uh, with Nuge back, we're actually seeing uh, what this team can be uh, and what uh, you know three good solid centers are going to do for this team. And uh, you know, and you got Osterley. Like I would have at the start of the season, Osterley and Brandon Davidson wouldn't have even been on the team. In my opinion, Brandon Davidson at best was a seven. Osterley was a long shot, and by long shot, I mean you know if, if like ten defensemen got injured, you know that that's the only way I see it come up. And you know, for all the all the negative that we hear on this team, and how we've uh, you know uh, drafted four Lee, we've signed four players. You know, it, it's a bright spot to see players like Brandon Davidson and Osterley come up and and just just play good and. And uh, I I hate to I hate to gripe, but I I, I get I I would listen to the radio station down the uh, down the uh, uh, airways, and uh, I keep on hearing uh, this whole Petrie talk and how he lost out on some of these players like Tobias Ryder and Petrie. And you know what? I I seem to remember Petrie when he was here, people were griping on him on a daily game game by game basis. You know, so hindsight is twenty twenty. So let's just focus on what we have here and in the future, and let's go Oilers, and uh, great show, guys.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chris. I mean, look, the team's going to miss the playoffs 10 years in a row. As As I've said, this is going to be seven years in a row in the bottom seven. Six, well, if they finish in the bottom three this year, which is where they are right now, six in the bottom three. That's not good. So anything is going to be picked apart. And certainly you can identify some players, not all of them, because there have been plenty of players that have left the Oilers or been traded or let go by the Oilers who haven't gone on to success elsewhere. I think the Petrie thing was he was just kind of – not kind of. I thought he was looking like at times last year like, oh, okay, he's a mature, steady defenseman who can add a little bit of offense – and then it's like, oh, well, we either trade him or lose him to free agency, so they traded him for, for draft picks. So I, I understand that, Chris. It hasn't gone well, obviously, for Petrie this year in, in Montreal with that new deal. You know, I, I'm certainly not writing him off, but, but sometimes it's just, robbed the ebb and flow of a career. Right? I mean, it'd be nice to say... When a guy gets 90 points in his fourth year, okay, he's going to get 90 for the next 11 years, but I mean, it never it never works out that way. With very few guys, does it work out that way year
3: after year? Well, no. The guys that it works out to are the guys that are making 8 to $10 million a year right. because they do do it on a consistent basis. So uh, there's there's been moves that the Edmonton Oilers have made over the last five to eight years that were very good moves. There's been moves that they made that turned out to be horrible moves, and... I don't think there's a GM around the National Hockey League that can claim a 100% success rate when it comes to signings or trades. Uh, When you're on a team that is at the bottom of the standings, those moves are obviously criticized more and they're looked at more. When you're a first place team and you make a bad move, oh, don't worry about it. We still got these guys. Right. When you're in last place, all of a sudden everybody's uh, pointing it out even more so. So, yeah, the the, the critique is going to be much higher on the Edmonton Oilers because of where they are, and any mistake that has been made is going to be magnified. Texter here says Sekra had a hard time getting pucks through for a period and a half, which is par
2: for the season. But when he did get it to that magic, how hard is it for a pro defenseman to find a lane?
3: It's hard. It is. I mean, every team's, especially all, penalty killing five on five, the forwards are told, especially the wingers, get in a lane. Get in a lane. Uh, It's not as much going. It used to be you go out and you lay down and and hope the puck hits you. Now it's all about angles. Okay, where is the puck? has to go to the net this way, so I'm going to be in this lane. Now having said that, defensemen are now taught to move across the line, change your lane, change your stick angle. You know, fake. Do all kinds of different things because you do not want the puck blocked. I do believe that Sekra and I haven't seen the whole league, but he has probably one of the highest ratios of shots on towards the net and shots that hit shin pads, and it's something he certainly has to work at because you see when you have net presence and his shot gets through, good things can happen, but too many... Of his shots are blocked and don't give the the team the opportunity to move the puck around the net. So it's something he certainly needs to work on. He
2: had three shots on goal tonight and three attempts blocked. The Oilers win six four over the Blues. If you missed it, the power play only had one goal in its last 14 games. Had four goals tonight, and we were talking about Jordan Osterley. You will hear from him when we get back. Terry Peranich, overtime open line in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. <laughs>
0: You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chevron.
1: Well, of course, the bulk of that damage was when the Oilers scored three on them in the first period of a game. They won, and that was really maybe the last great NHL game Nikolai Habibouin played. Great shot score off a deflection, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins has his first goal since December the 14th, and the Edmonton Oilers convert on the power play. It's 1-0. Nugent Hopkins, his ninth of the year.
2: Oilers go on to win 6-4. Yakupov on that play, the shot from the top of the circle. Maroon gets the rebound, and I thought that was really an alert play, Rob, because, look, for my years of watching hockey, when a player gets the puck seven feet from the goal line, regardless of what direction he's facing, he's going to try and jam it in or or roof it, but Maroon recognized there was a better play there.
3: Uh, He did. He's a smart hockey player, and that's something that they 've probably been practicing they they know that if the shot's coming from the side, then the guy the Nugent will be coming down towards the net so maroon and the thing that maroon can do that a lot of players can't is he can take that extra second you know when you 're that size, you can have a body draped over you to make that that play like if it 's a Yakupov or a Nugent Hopkins or someone that has switched places. Well, they don't have that extra second to make a play because they're going to get just engulfed by whatever defender's there. But Maroon's a big man. He can use his body positioning to allow him to make the play. And it was a great play. I mean, if you watch the replay, Jake Allen does not move. When it goes out to Nugent Hopkins, Nugent Hopkins has the entire empty net to shoot in because Jake Allen thought... That Maroon was going to make the play towards the net. When he didn't, Jake Allen was lost.
2: Nugent Hopkins had two, both of them from Maroon and Yakupov. We were talking about Jordan Osterley. Good game for him. He had a couple of assists. He played 22 52.
9: Well, uh, nice to you know hang on in the end, and I know you guys expected a big push from the Blues there, and they gave you a push in the third, but nice to get the job done.
10: Yeah, no, it's definitely re- rewarding to get, get the win, and, and we knew going into the third period that they were going to come at us with everything they had, and they did that, and uh, I thought we weathered the storm pretty good, and we came out with the victory. For them, getting that, that first one early in the period really gave them some life. Yeah, it definitely gave them a little boost of confidence and gave them that, that little hope that they had a chance, and, and I thought we battled back and weathered the storm really good. For you personally, I mean, you're playing one of the best teams in the league, and uh, you're trying to hang on to a lead. Uh, how did you feel you did out there? Yeah, I felt good. Uh, I thought I held my own out there, and I thought I was able to contribute uh, throughout the game.
9: And for a small guy, I mean, you're playing a big team like the Blues, but it doesn't it doesn't look like you you get uh, lost out there or out of place against a big team like the Blues. So I guess how are you able to do that? Yeah, no,
10: I think it just uh, it's it's helped with the coaching staff I had down in Bakersfield and and the coaches up here just uh, kind of kind of holding my hand through the defensive zone and, and let me know what to do and what to fix and what does it do for team morale just to beat a team like the blues no oh, it's huge um we knew we, we we played a good game against nashville we just wish we could have came out with a better outcome and it, it feels nice to get rewarded and, and get a win tonight Thanks, sure thank you Read that short, Russell
2: All right. Thanks, Brendan. So the Oilers win 6-4. Other action. The Canadians over the Sabres 3-2 in overtime. Philadelphia moves into a playoff spot. They beat Chicago 3-2. The Flames over the Jets 4-1. The Rangers edge the Ducks 2-1. And the Avalanche beat Vancouver 3-1. The Canucks are here on Friday night. That's our next broadcast, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7.
3: Well, if the Oilers bring the same emotion, intensity to the game against Vancouver that they brought tonight. It should be a good night for the Edmonton Oilers. But what we've seen over the last while here in Edmonton, they play to, the, to where their competition is. When they play tougher opponents, they bring out a much better effort. When they play teams that are on the outside, like in Arizona, they play down to them. You can't play down to anyone that you're playing against in the National Hockey League. You have to bring your A game each night. The Oilers' A game should be enough to beat the Vancouver Canucks but they must bring the same type of emotion and intensity to do that.
2: Rob, we'll see you then. Sounds good. That is Rob Brown. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 9 in the evening. Your studio producer this evening has been Matthew Panashik. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Chet is Sid Smith. 6 for the Oilers win it over the Blues. Four power play goals. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Chet.com. We've been in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's 11:56. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.